0: Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce, and I have an interview for you today with Debbie Hayton, who is a British transsexual and advocate and public speaker on issues around transsexualism, but that's not her entire life. She's not a career activist. Uh, she actually works in other things, helping society move along, but because of the heat and the attention on transgender, transsexual issues, Debbie has started to speak up, and she joins me for an hour to speak about the issues that she has with the current discourse and the nuances that are not readily available to people who haven't really thought through these things all the way. So she's got a particular opinion. uh, She's great to hang out with, and here is Debbie. So um, there's a lot of things that you can't talk about because you talked about things and people don't want
1: to yeah uh,
0: let you speak <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right yeah there's some some uh, some topics i need to stay well away from because there's issues there's current issues going on but I speaking in general terms okay
0: yeah. uh, general terms about what the state of the uh, nation or the state of the discourse or uh would
1: well you the state like of the to... discourse around around uh, Transgender issues and trying to include transgender people in society because uh, you deviate from the uh, you deviate from the orthodoxy and uh, you get fired. It's
0: it's interesting um, because being transsexual or transgender is in in its is in itself a deviation from. Another sort of orthodoxy or just normality. So it seems like some people, what do you think about this idea? It's just an idea that some people stepping out of normality or a norm, uh, need to cling even tighter to a belief system because they don't have wide support. And so a a sort of insular orthodoxy rises up because there's not, uh, you know, like it's not embedded in the culture. Um, what do you think about that idea?
1: I think the problem is it's what it's what you uh it's what you base your life on and what you base your uh, your philosophy on. Uh yeah, being trans is it steps away from the norm. You've got male people, men who do masculine things and female people, women who do feminine things. And to be tra- to be transsexual, as it used to be called, meant uh, a lift and shift operation. So you uh you, you took yourself out of one box and you fit into another one where you felt more comfortable. That kind of worked because uh, it, uh, it respects the orthodoxy in society. All it says is that there's two uh, there's two groups of people, and uh, you prefer. I would prefer you to treat me as the other one. So that kind of worked. But we've moved beyond that to uh, not a compromise with society, just like saying to society, uh, you know, hey. Uh, uh, can I fit into society a little differently? What we've moved to is a situation where people are actually dictating to society in how society should relate to them and by uh, and by extension, each other. We're not just fitting in mm-hmm. with the uh, norms of society. We're trying to control society. And society is beginning to notice and, and uh, give some kickback on this.
0: Uh, what do you mean by we, then? Uh, At some point, like you, you've broken off from that we, right?
1: Well, I don't know. I, I, I consider myself to be a, tran, a transsexual person, a transgender person under the uh, under the uh, the wider term. And in reality, what is what is transgender beyond an identity which you can claim? So you can say I identify as trans. Really, it means uh, all it means is I call myself trans. It doesn't mean any more. Uh, and because I call myself trans, I do uh, I do still claim that uh, that identity. So yes, I, I do use I do use that term. We uh, we need to uh, as a group as trans people uh, we need to take a look at what's going on here. And uh, uh, and I'm part mm-hmm. of that as much as anybody else's.
0: When did you uh, enter into uh, I guess outwardly enter into the trans identity what? time just in reference to how it, things have kind of changed in the last very rapidly over the last three four five years did you perceive yeah. that
1: yeah until i guess until about four years ago three 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 and a half years i guess the summer summer of 2016 i felt i was some sort of woman you know i had a, a female gender identity which trumped my biological sex and meant that this was what mattered uh, but I'm also a scientist and it just became increasingly difficult to try and argue that when I got into uh, discussions with people about what this actually meant to me and uh, not being able to argue argue the case I was trying to present uh, did make me feel uncomfortable. Uh, <clears throat> I was challenged in debate by people to say what is this gender identity you can uh, you, you speak of and the better cope with. Well, I don't really know. It, it's it's the it's the gender I identify with. Uh, I tried uh, invoking, uh, you know, in in the US various states have actually enshrined this in law, using various amounts of circular reasoning and uh, and and sexist stereotypes. I guess. So I tried this, but I, I couldn't I couldn't get comfortable myself with this at all. And what? Hmm. What actually tipped it was the challenge for people to say, look, if you really believe in this, can you, uh, you know, can you argue a case which is which is philosophically sound based in reality? And I couldn't. So I had to look for something Hmm. different.
0: What did you end up landing on then?
1: Well, I think I moved away from the idea of identity. You see, trans is identity. I mentioned it before to say to be to identify as trans just means that uh, you call yourself trans, but it's meaningless. It's circular. So I I, I move to something which is not so much identity or the verb to be, but moving to the verb to do. So this is what we do. We uh, to be trans means that I I interact in society uh, in the same way or or an analogous way to how women interact in society and that's far away away, away from the norm as to be uh, you know as, as to be remarkable so that's what I would say is that's what it means to be trans but I'm still the same person I was and this idea that there is some magic ingredient in us that uh, that we have some as trans people we have something special that muggles like you uh, know nothing of is nonsense you know there is nothing I, Except for a, a
0: divergent uh, a divergence in the way that you behave, and the, yeah. the, the way that you would like to be seen.
1: Yeah, it's. I guess it it, it, it follows on from what uh, Reb Blanchard was saying years ago. You know, his ideas about why people why people need to do this, which is so remarkable. Uh, you know, you've got to look at it and say why. You know, why do you? Feel you need to present in society in the same way that a woman woman presents, because for the vast, for the for the it, for most of what we do we interact as human beings, and what can I do as a trans woman that I couldn't do as a man, and very little actually, but the one difference between uh, between us between the sexes is our sexuality. Male sexuality is very different to female sexuality. So Blanchard linked it in linked. Uh, Transsexualism in with sexuality, and neither it's uh, either it becomes Mm. uh, a form of sex. Well, it is a form of sex signaling. So you either sex signal to uh, find uh, partners of you in sex, or you sex signal because you're. uh, I think as Anne Lawrence put it, you're you're romantically uh, attracted to yourself, and that makes sense. Mm is
0: that like um they call it a target erotic target uh, disorder or a, like they have this concept the researchers do following Blanchard of a erotic target fixation yeah. and that fixation is autogynophilia means that that fixation is somehow turned inward or to the surface of one as as something else or a desire to be the to be a woman or to love oneself as a woman does that not include some sort of like uh, s- dissociation with yourself, or some sort of uh, difference, and or almost uh, idolization of who you are in a way, and then like the separation between your just your your normal feeling, and then how how you perceive yourself, like like there's this other person that you're with all the time, like a girlfriend or something like that.
1: Well, for me, it just feels normal uh, because. Oh, we can't get inside. Huh. We, none of us can get inside anybody else's heads to find out what it feels like to somebody else. But, it, you know, yeah. my, uh, you know, my own, uh, I, you know, the way I interact with people feels normal. I interact with other people normally. It's just that uh, there is something which had an insatiable drive in me to effectively sex signal in the same way that women sex signal. And that, I think, that I think is yeah. deeper than any sort of uh, f- uh, s- uh, social construct, because you only have to look at animals, birds—they're sex signals, you know—to find, to find mates. So the link with sex signaling actually makes sense, you know, and we don't have to uh, invent anything new.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, albeit it, it's uncomfortable for certain people and then it turns it into a, uh, you know, kink shaming or, or a, you know, some, some sort of topic that's perverse. But I really do think that if you kind of step away and you shed that sort of moralizing about the topic, what is it about the female that signals sexuality through what we ideally consider the feminine that is so attractive to you, like, wh- are and are you signaling for other people? or Are you signaling to yourself? Is it a self signal? It's essential. like an auto Yeah,
1: it's 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 yeah. it's not for the people. It's it's how I interact with myself and feel comfortable with myself. That that's that's what it comes down to. Hmm. Uh, so you know, I don't I don't particularly. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not there to be attractive to other people. If that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But the problem is, you're attractive
0: to yourself or comfortable with yourself. Yeah, but this this
1: this is what becomes inherently shameful, because uh, we're not supposed to do this, and uh, and this this is so this this is kind of the shame which in uh, which previously was attached to actually being trans. You know, there's always been a shame factor uh, attached to this. Within within the uh, last ten years, people have moved away from shame to uh, be celebrating it. But this this aspect of being trans is still deeply shameful.
0: Because it's narcissistic, it's masturbatory. Why is it shameful? Why do you think well, it's, it's shameful?
1: It, it, it's because it's it, it's inwardly direct, directed. It's narcissistic. Yeah, I think that's the uh, inherently. But it doesn't need to be. It's uh, okay. You know, it, I you know, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I you know. I don't consider that I would uh, be any more self-serving than than anybody else I'm you know in life I try and fit in with society and build up other people so I don't I don't feel that I am but uh, it can be viewed mm. that way and there is so much shame which is attached to it that the moment you start mentioning these the, these ideas uh, the uh, negativity which comes back is just uh, it's just dreadful you know people perhaps uh you know the when people complain and then come back and uh and really attack you know you you know that we have a saying in the uk that, that uh, perhaps they protest, protest too much don't know
0: hmm. that that shame is in direct uh contradiction that's not the right word, but it's in direct contradiction with the phrase of pride And the LGBT community has embraced pride. And so it, it, it's almost uh, I don't know if there's something inherently psychological about um, having to attack any sort of thing that would even evoke shame uh, because you're, we're supposed to be proud or because somebody as that fits into the LGBT category has to be proud, therefore, there's this overreaction when anything that brings up shame and, and that because people don't want to actually look at the dynamics. like what is really shameful about that, and do we need pride to overcome shame? Is pride the the, the antidote to shame, or is it just the antithesis?
1: I don't know. I, th- I think perhaps it's perhaps it's shallow. What do we mean by pride in this? What what are we taking pride in? Are we taking pride in ourselves, or are we taking pride in an idealized version of ourselves? Uh, I don't know.
0: Is is the do you do you see the? Um, I, I I can see how in certain aspects of it, uh, of at least transmedicalism is this uh this pursuit of the ideal of the self it's the same thing as as we would uh you know uh criticize uh, wealthy women who enter their 50s and then just start uh putting a lot of money into their body to maintain an idealized idealized version of it themselves and it seems to be the case that there is uh something you have to be really careful in the pursuit of of becoming something that you're not or or Putting, putting yourself into a position of, of being seen as something that, that you're not naturally doing. Um, do, do you see that, that there's uh, you're doing this to be comfortable with yourself, but is there things that you can see that you're going too far or the community itself pushes people into uh, this just infinite uh, pursuit of the idealization of themselves?
1: Well, yeah, the... I think Blanchard said about uh, it was a compromise with society because who who am I? We you know we're all human beings. I feel more comfortable in society, projecting this you know I, I can I can say these words that projects uh this uh projects the image which is which what am I' saying here it's it's wanting it's wanting to pass in society as a woman and, and most of the time I do you know out you know outside uh outside the debate and outside the community where people are uh, always asking the question is this a trans, is, is this person trans or is this person not trans. When people are not asking, not asking the question, then they don't notice. Uh, I'm, I'm tall, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got male features, but uh, if people are not looking for it, most of the time they're not. Uh, they don't notice, and that—that's how I feel comfortable in society. But then the challenge comes: is am I fooling everybody here? Am I—am uh, I putting across a, a, a concept in people's minds that's not true? That uh, I never—I never go into a in, into a room of unknown people and say, you know, hey folks, I'm a woman. Or I'd never do that. But people assume I'm a woman, and I never—I never put them right. Now, is that—is hmm. that wrong to do that? Now, it puts responsibility on me not to uh, not to abuse that trust and not to abuse that position. Uh, what I'm picking up is that uh, that that has been abused widely and it's been abused more often. Uh, women's acceptance, especially, is being taken for granted. And people are working with such a sense of entitlement of that, that it's producing the kickback. And I, and I uh, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I fully understand how why people are uh, why people are why people are getting upset with what Mm -hmm. what has been happening.
0: And you've is that when you started to uh, come out as an activist or or somebody who's speaking out uh, publicly about this issue? Because uh, you're on TV from time to time, you get high profile things going on and you're engaging at least on social media in this debate is were you do you feel like you were called into that discussion because of the abuse or because of the fear of the backlash from that that abuse of trust uh
1: i, I came into it originally the th- i had been an activist before campaigning for uh, rights in the workplace because i'm a i'm a trade union activist so i campaigned for uh, people's rights in the workplace and had been campaigning on that the reason I got into, you know, became higher profile in the debate was originally the impact on trans people ourselves, because I uh, I saw if I I felt, uh, you know, you know I I was concerned as a trans person by the sense of entitlement and the uh, that that trans people were uh, were projecting, and if I was thinking that, thinking, hey, this is this is wrong, you know, we're you know, if, if women choose to uh, invite us into their spaces, then yeah, we'll accept that invitation as long as the invitation is, uh, is there, but we're not entitled to this. If I felt uncomfortable about that, I was concerned that a wider society would be feeling uncomfortable, and, uh, and that was that was why I got into the debate. Uh, the first piece I wrote on this, which is just over three years ago, was very much on that on those lines. Since then, there's been uh, Since then, there's probably been three other uh, three other aspects of why I keep speaking out. Uh, the second one was making contact with uh, with with feminist activists. Uh, some of some of whom are some of whom are happy to work with, me and some who are not. But uh, talking to them and just becoming sure. appreciating their uh, their concerns and their concerns are real. Uh, and I do I do care about their concerns. I compare. I care about my female friends. My female members of my family uh then it was that my uh my, my uh you know my training as a scientist you know there is there is something uh belligerent about me almost as a scientist to say look people are taking science for a ride here you know science science is based in in reality and uh you know biological sex is real you know for people to be talking about the fact that there are more than two sexes and we can choose our sex you think well This this is crazy. So to defend science, but the biggest issue, which probably means I I take I I, I take, uh, you know, constant criticism is the impact that this is having on children who are not who don't have the uh, capacity to make adult decisions about how they uh, want to be viewed in society and ultimately changes their bodies. I just I just think is really dangerous. And few people, well, people people do speak out on it, but as a trans person myself, who, to use the jargon, was a trans kid, because, uh, you know, sexual identity yeah. kicks in about age two, three. You know, I knew I had issues when I was uh, when I was two, three, four years old. Before I could speak in full sentences, I knew I had problems. Uh, so I was a trans kid, but. Just because I had those issues, which is, uh, you know, the, the focus of, you know, my sexual orientation, I, I finally worked it out. Uh, it does, is transition the right thing? Is transition always the right thing? Is transition the right thing at, those, uh, at, at, that, at that time? Now, those are decisions which I don't think we should be asking children to be, uh, to be making. And, uh i see it happening and that that now is my uh, it's my biggest concern
0: were you if you could have gone back with the knowledge that you have now would you have advocated for yourself transitioning no as a child no so you no. don't have regret about going through the male puberty no? well other than just the fact that it's puberty <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah and like 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 we could all do that no ma- male puberty uh male pu- puberty matured Matured uh, mentally, so would would I have developed mentally in the same way if puberty was delayed and didn't happen? I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm quite proud of my mental faculties that developed during during puberty. A concept for abstract thought. You know, we were this huge experiment is on these children. and You're thinking, well, is this going to affect their mental development as well as their physical development? Nobody knows. Uh, so it was the mental development which I, I wouldn't want to change, and uh, secondly was the fact that I did marry and uh, I've got three kids, and those, those those three kids are the most well, the three of the most important people in my life. If I'd, you know, if I transitioned as a kid, that that wouldn't have happened. And I guess that yeah. uh, I did go I did go through GRS. I did, you know, I did uh, uh, change my body, and uh, you know, to be uh, you know, to be blunt about it, going through male, male puberty uh, provided the male parts that were needed for the effective, uh, you know, GRS. Without male puberty, you, you can't really do it.
0: Hmm. Or it's it's a do much more you, complicated
1: procedure.
0: Um, is it fair to to say or to frame things as your transition, um becoming in harmony with your, uh, femaleness or femininity. And, uh, and then how do you go through transition and, and make peace with your maleness? Because you're, you're of the mind, if I'm not mistaken, that you are a male and that, that you've never changed your maleness. So have you, uh, come to peace? How did you come to peace with these two things or they, were they ever in, uh, contradiction with each other?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I suffered with, you know, gender dysphoria, to, to use that term, you know, whatever that means, I'm not sure, but to use that term, I struggled with it for years, but it was it was a chronic issue in the background, I was able to function quite happily as a man, I worked as a man, I uh, lived as a man, mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was not what I would really have wanted, but uh, I caught with that uh i transitioned when i uh, i saw other people transitioning uh that was uh, and other people transitioning and mm-hmm. then uh, feeling more comfortable in themselves and it do it does you know it is it is it is this you know i am you know i am now self consistent with how i view myself inside you know how, how i can view myself so i'm more comfortable okay. in myself uh whether you know whether we need to actually transition to actually uh you know to to actually achieve that is a is a question that needs to be asked you know transition has been uh, I think it's been described as a palliative solution it works whether it's the best solution for this or we could achieve harmony with ourselves without doing this I don't know uh, now at my stage in life when you know I'm already married I've got I've got my kids uh, in reality what what was the cost Uh, we were in a situation in the UK where our equalities laws is is robust I couldn't be fired from my job for transitioning people had to uh, you know accommodate me transitioning Uh, so Hmm. you know personally personally what what was the what was the impact on me Uh, you know I'd already had a vasectomy ten years ago before so it didn't even cost me my uh, you know my fertility but so for me, the the cost was was actually quite small. But for somebody starting out in life as as a teenager or a child, prepubescent child, then the cost is huge. And those and mm. the pressures on those children now are the pressures which I didn't really suffer until I was uh, until I was in my 40s when I realised that people were transitioning and uh, and uh, and could. And that was that that was when my uh, what had become a chronic condition, which I lived with, became well. It, be, it, it became okay. uh, something I could no longer live with. Hmm. When when you saw that there
0: was an out from it,
1: yeah. When, when I saw when I saw that people were doing this, and you're thinking, hey, you know, if if they can transition and find oh. find peace with themselves, then perhaps I want to do this too. So, I did. so
0: in the in the light of. of- uh, young people dealing with gender dysphoria, just using that term. Um, what are some of the mechanisms that you came up to deal with that persistent chronic uh, drag on your life or, or stress?
1: Well, it's what 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 works is uh, finding a full and complete life away from it. You uh, you find interest. You uh, you keep yourself busy. You find intellectual pursuits, physical pursuits, uh, form relationships with other people, marry, have kids. Uh, you know, to, for, take a career, normal things that normal people do, because we are normal and. Uh, uh, and not to become fixated on uh, on one narrow issue, but what happens in the trans community, this becomes the fixation. You know, th- this becomes the uh, the topic of discussion. That uh, you know, it's you know, one analogy could be you get a group of trans people together discussing uh, what it means to be trans. It's like you know, it's like getting a group of left-handed people together where you know, there is. You know, left-handed people may need a campaign for uh, left-handed scissors to be sold in hardware shops uh, because they are different. If you, you know, uh, but to become fixated on that on that one issue is uh, <clears throat> is is what mm-hmm. is what happens in 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 trans groups, and it's it's not altogether healthy. I don't think.
0: Yeah, the, I I do understand. There's a there's a counter criticism to anti. There's okay. There's identity politics, and it gets a lot of slander. And then there's a counterposition that says that every politic is about somebody's identity. But the problem with uh, acute identity politics is that it, it subjects everything in life to one issue, or it, it creates an idol, or, or like a, a point of focus of. This one little issue and kind of limits the ability to even work outside of that issue because everything is about that. Everything is turned towards that, and I can see how um, the internet and forums and and Tumblr and Twitter and all these different social media sites can foster uh, a, a very unhealthy fixation where people can't even, can never get can never find a way to deal with their despair because they're wallowing in it all the time. And, and it it kind of just eats up everything. Even if they don't have that, even if all the people that they're sharing their despair with don't have the same issue as them because these issues are so complex, it, it simplifies and it binds everybody together. Do you, did you, I I guess you, you avoided that in a, in a way because you you were pre-internet and a lot of your life.
1: Yeah, in pre-internet, you you get on with life, and you 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 vaguely aware that there are other trans people out there, but it doesn't impact on you, Good. and it, you, you you get on with life, and you don't go you 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 really don't go looking for it. But what the internet's done is it's created uh, these identity groups who can find people with quite a narrow range of identities. When you've got yeah uh, you know, it's it's a narrow scope. When you've got millions of people to pick from, you can find a dozen people. Or a hundred people, or even a thousand people, who have got similar identity to you, and then within that group, it's uh, it does become uh, inward focusing because that's, that's what you've got in common. You know, you you mm-hmm. we, you know, as trans people, we we share very little in common with each other. We've our interests are. Uh, you know, vastly different apart from this one issue. So this then becomes the uh, the focus of discussion, the focus of thought, the focus of you how you feel about yourself. So it then takes over.
0: And Isn't that...
1: Um, else. Did you ever long for a community
0: or long for a support group on on this before, before, before? Would you have wanted to be in a trans youth group when you were a kid or do you think that that would be something that uh, is helpful for people suffering this and how would you design that in a healthy way?
1: I think it, it cuts it, again. It, the problem is it's diversity. We're always talking about diversity, but within within youth groups, it's a diversity of people with uh, you know diversity of ideally with you know two sexes, different interests, mixture of extroverts and introverts, with uh, different uh, outlooks on life, uh, so that you uh, you can learn from other people. Uh, having uh, having you know groups focused in purely on one aspect of. Uh, of, of your personality or character is very limiting.
0: Unless it's like a, like a chess club or a sports team, something where you're coming together to accomplish some goal or to refine a skill. But I don't know if identity is a skill or a goal in and of itself, even though
1: yeah. we, not to uh,
0: disparage, you know, uh, political action, but.
1: But there, it's the difference between it's the it's the two verbs to do and to be. In a chess club, you're there to mm. do something. You're there to play chess. Uh, you don't really meet as you know. I do play chess. I was involved in chess clubs when I was uh, when I was, when I was growing up. Uh, so in that context, I was uh, I was there to play chess with people, and you discuss other interests. You weren't there to be a chess player, and uh, discussions. Mm. Would be uh, about various issues, and it was, it, 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 in actual fact, in the, in those sort of groups, you, you would discuss politics with people, uh, uh, politics and general issues with people you wouldn't otherwise meet, and that, that's, that's enriching. Whereas in, uh, in identity groups, which is focused on the word who you are, what you know to be, then it becomes very limiting because, uh, and it, and, and it's looking for, you know, what is it. It's the conformity, you know. Which we talk so much about diversity, but what these groups these groups imposes is conformity. Uh, to say, you know, this is what it means to be trans. This is what we do. This is how you fit into this. Mm. Uh, and the moment anybody steps out and says, well, perhaps there's another way to be trans than this, that's that's when we learn just how you know how how strong that drive for conformity mm. is.
0: Do you think that that drive for conformity is coming from a minority with a megaphone, or do you think that that's just something that's in the cultural waters right now that that we need to just go through, you know, and purge or incorporate? There is well,
1: there is certain. There is certainly a minority of people who who wish to have the megaphone, but it's as people do we, uh, yeah, do we? Uh, do we find comfort in fitting? We, we do. We find comfort in fitting in. You know, to step outside the expectations and say, "No, I'm different," uh, is it's it's unusual. And then when the uh, when the reaction society is then to criticise and to the society then feels uncomfortable. So the you then get uh, the feedback is look it's just easier if you were uh, if you fit along with what everybody else is trying to do. Uh, I think you know many people are there for a, a quiet life. I suspect.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have you encountered this uh, thing called transphobia? And is it a useful concept? And what is it? Can are you able to define what that is? And if you can define it, are there? solutions to it or exacerbations of it whatever it is if it's a useful concept well
1: it's 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 widely overused it's the term transphobia it's you know at one, at one extreme it's uh, people who uh, are upset that somebody disagrees with some of their opinions so uh you know it's transphobic to disagree with a trans person on the on various opinions which i think is trivializes the matter there's two there's two mm. there's two Aspects of transphobia which I've suffered, which I do consider a transphobia, is when uh, is when uh, it, it's yeah you know, abuse in the street when I'm clocked generally by groups of men, you know when they clock me in the street and then hurl abuse at me. Uh, but okay. they're the same men who will hurl abuse at women walking past. It's not it's not specifically uh, it's not specifically. Uh, because I'm trans, it's just because I'm, I'm different, but the abuse they'll hurl at women uh, is different to the abuse they'll hurl at me, uh, because they plot me as male, and uh, I don't know, I've, I've posited that it's, uh, you know, it's some sort of, a, a, you know, it, it's their, you know, it, it's a rejection of male, male identity, and uh, which is what I've done. Uh, so there's that. And the other uh, the other type of uh, what is transphobic abuse and I do call out is that when people uh, <clears throat> when people criticise me report me to my employer report me to professional contacts because my uh, my uh, view of what it means to be trans is different to somebody else's you know so it's a it's a it's a phobia you know a fear of what I'm saying so uh, the people hmm. who have reported me to my employer. And said that this person shouldn't be uh, teaching children. Are generally, uh, well, it's male allies of trans people who do that, and trans people themselves who do that. Hmm. Uh, which, which is, uh, <clears throat> which, which are two aspects of transphobia which have suffered. There's a third aspect of transphobia, which is the, uh, which I think legislation has uh, stopped. It's the uh, it's what people used to suffer 10 years ago or more, when somebody went to their employer and said, "Look, I need to transition uh, for you know to protect my mental health," and the employer was because they could dismiss somebody for doing this, they could fire somebody for doing this, where the fear was that, uh, well, you know, this may cause trouble. It may cause trouble for my customers, for my uh, clients. Therefore, it will be easier not to. Uh, also, when it comes to hiring people, do you uh, do you hire the trans person or the person who's not trans when they could do the job? Well, if you if you hire the person who's trans, it may cause problems. Uh, legislation has largely uh, has largely mm. put that to one side because people are you know people are protected in this way, and I think I think most people mean well. You know, I, I, I talk about the. Uh, the, uh, the blokes who abuse me in the street and the, uh, and the people who write to my employer. But it's a tiny m- number. Most people mean well. And you give them the uh, confidence that, like, yeah, you're doing the right thing to let this person transition. Uh, it's mm. not going to uh, cause any impact on anything else. They're, you know, just, just go along with it. And, then, uh, and, and it gives confidence to people who in the past may have lacked confidence and decided to uh, avoid the issue. Uh, Now those are three aspects of transphobia. What what isn't transphobia are people who? uh, You know who who disagree with what I say because you know, you know, it's that's just that's just different opinions Uh, I don't I don't I don't consider that to be transphobia, but other trans people do And I think it it. and uh, Yeah, yeah well it seems like
0: there's this other transphobia that is people wanting to avoid a trans person because they now perceive trans people as these activists like the the kind of like the second wave transphobia it it fits into that second uh, transphobia that you described, where you have the allies and certain radicals acting in a, in a way that makes people scared of them, because these people can go after your job. Like, literally, like, you need to fear these people, because if you step out of line, they're going to come after you. Um, and I wonder if uh, part of your uh, uh, your impetus to speak out is to kind of nip that particular transphobia in the bud, while like, actually receiving the brunt of it um, because you're stepping out of quote unquote line.
1: Yeah, I do. I do worry that people, and I pick it up, people sometimes because as soon as they realize I'm trans, they will, uh, again, tread on eggshells around me because you don't want to upset the trans person because, uh, it's not the thing to be doing, but you know, we're, we are, we are human beings like everybody else. And, uh, surely the aim is to be treated like a, a normal human being with the same level of uh, yeah. you know, respect and uh, you know that you, you would treat anybody else with and uh, if somebody says something I disagree with I'll say hey, I, I disagree with you on that uh, but I, it doesn't help me if people if I say something and people say people feel uh they don't feel confident in order to uh, speak to me and challenge challenge what I say. That's that's unhelpful. And that's treating me differently as to what they would treat anybody else. And that's not what mm-hmm. you transition for.
0: But you do transition to be treated differently.
1: Yeah, you do, and that's uh, that's to be treated as you would but this this is coming back to this this is this is coming back to the issue which which four years ago i couldn't explain to anybody just why do why do you transition and for me now it's it's a very personal thing for me to feel more comfortable with my body uh and that's about the top and bottom of that that that's it because do people really treat men and women differently Outside the context of uh, you know of, of, you know of, of sexual rela- you know you know that, that, that sexualized uh, relationship Desire. between people, yeah. then then no we don't you know you treat colleagues as colleagues and uh, in in Western society mm-hmm. men and women do the same job they have the same roles and uh, and yeah you treat your coworker whether they're male or female in pretty much the same way. Uh, at the time when I transitioned I would have argued that uh, I wanted society to uh, treat me in the same way that uh, in the same way that I yeah and I made those arguments and then people would say well what does actually that like I can't respond to it now Uh, now you know eight years on from that what it is it's a very personal thing back to that sexual orientation which is reflected back and it's to make me feel more comfortable with with my body in order in order to find yeah it's 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 to uh, Mm. provide a focus for that and and that's that's all all there is to it really uh so you're then asking the rest of society to uh you know to uh accommodate this, which is a very, per, for something which is very personal, and society mm. does, and the tragedy tragedy is that society was doing uh, to, uh, you know, to, to a good degree. People were transitioning 10 years ago, 5 years ago, and just getting on with life, and it wasn't, it really wasn't such a big deal beyond the, uh, psych, you know, beyond working through the psychology and our psychological issues in our own heads now it's it, it's such a big thing you know it's uh you know something that mm. people i think probably make to you know they make make so much out of do you ascribe to
0: the conspiracy theory that there's a trans agenda or there's a lot of big money pharmaceutical money involved in this uh, behind the, the campaigning <laughs> not necessarily being trans but the whole campaign and and the push to make all these laws and Change all these definitions and it's, it's bizarre, isn't it?
1: I you I can't I can't believe that big business, big pharmaceutical companies see enough money in this to start uh, you know distorting mm. where they interact with society. You know, there's it it just it just doesn't. I, I just I, I I fail to see how there is enough. There's a, a lot of money in it, uh, but. Big business talks in billions rather than you know in tens of billions rather than you know rather than the yeah. uh, the hundreds of millions. I, I don't I don't I don't think the uh, the scale is big enough for that. So what's driving it? You know I suspect. You know it, it's driven it's driven by men. You know society society is still driven by men. I suspect uh, you know gender you know gender issues if you want to uh if you want to give the loosest term is more common than what we realize and more common in men than than what is uh than than what is uh, what's recognized uh I talked to some therapists and the uh you know and the the number of men who come forwards with cross dressing uh, issues that causes some concern is huge now maybe this is a self selecting sample but uh i uh, i think gender issues are widespread and uh you know maybe men you know those men are, are driving it i don't know I, I i can't see that it's purely financially driven uh but it, it is
0: surprising how all these uh top uh you know at least the media is all talking about it and everybody took a side and now is expecting everybody to get on board with these various laws there was a article that i can't reference right now i should have uh, written it down when i found it uh where there's this uh, briefing of this law firm and this uh human rights or some sort of advocacy group like yeah. they they wrote a really extensive brief on how to impose this on every uh you know every government just like this, yeah this, uh, it was huge wasn't it
1: which it is kind was, of scary to look at 67 pages of it yes and, and it was bank it, there was a law firm, uh, Thomson Reuters, I think, were involved in it. So the uh, you know the media are involved in this, and the uh, it was uh, it, it it really was a, a remarkable a remarkable read. Uh, the comments that people are using is to say you know work these things through on the quiet without people noticing. You know, attach it to other uh, you know other campaigns. So uh, you know you know genuinely progressive campaigns such as uh, you know equal marriage is. You know that uh, mm-hmm. uh, to allow people to, uh, you know, to uh, to marry somebody of their own sex, you know, which is generally progressive mm-hmm. because those are rights which everybody can take part of. You know, you know, we now in the UK anybody has the right to to uh, marry somebody of, you know, of either sex, and that's you know that's progressive. Whereas what's uh, what's happening with this is not progressive because it's taking away as. One of my concerns is it takes away from the rights of women to define what's meant by a woman. So that's not progressive. Uh, but the idea to attach this to other, other campaigns which are easy to sell, it just, sound, it just sounds so, uh, so sinister. And, yeah. and to actually write that up as almost a manual on how to do it. It's just it's just you know and, and the countries where it's already gone through in, you know, uh you know, friends who live in Ireland for example, in the Republic of Ireland, you know, say nobody had a clue what was going on. You know, and, and the uh you know and, and the comments that you know there was never any problems in, in Ireland. They say, Well, nobody's had a chance to discuss any problems. Uh you know, but mm. what happened what was what was really interesting was what happened in the UK. The uh You know, questions were asked in the UK and and it did get brought out into the uh, public eye. And what was was really interesting, the remarkable thing which I think did happen, which is I suspect different to the US where many of the critical voices are on the right of politics, are conservatives, whereas in the UK it was some left-wing voices and some trade unionists got involved in this about, Hmm. you know, two to three years ago uh so it doesn't have the same left left right uh, aspect in the uh in the uk though we do get uh, we do get accused of being uh you know in league with the reactionary right and the uh, right wing conservatives mm. which which would not you know uh, so that, what do you that, that, why, that's, why do you think that in the UK
0: that that was more acceptable for liberals or the leftishness leftish people to uh, stand up against this or speak out contra to this? Is there a core value in that, and is that to do with women? I don't
1: know. And, I there was it came down to a small a small number of. Uh, of female activists on the left of politics who got together and said something needs to be done and there was enough there was enough of them to stand up and support each other because the initial the initial pushback was was massive Uh, but to stand Hmm. up and not allow each other to be uh, to be gaslit and to be to to be uh... you know uh, to one side, I forget the word now uh, to to be yeah uh, <clears throat> no, sorry I aligned. That. Uh, so that 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 was interesting. That that was that was that was two that was two to three years ago, uh, and that, that that there was a revival in feminism in the UK, uh, very much very much around this, and it took. You know, it took it took our political leaders by uh, by surprise because the, the the textbook manual had said the only people who are going to complain about this are going to be the right wing bigots. So uh, what you do is you accuse them of being right wing bigots. But suddenly there were people coming forward. It's not just one, two, but a dozen or more who were uh, who got a long history in in left wing politics. You know, trying to. Uh, In the in the Treasury Union movement in the labor movement in the UK and people with uh, people with long histories of campaigning and willing to uh, Put their own name on this and campaign under their own name, which I think is important as well Uh, Which is something i had done from the beginning as well I think if I'd uh, I'd known where it was going. I may I may have been a bit more careful, but you just You know you you just stand up. We are where we are uh, so that I thought that I think is is really interesting and we, but we still get you know I consider myself to be on the left of politics but we still get the uh, the accusations that we're uh, somehow a right-wing movement because we're anti-progressive and we're reactionary whereas we would say well no we are progressive because we uh, we you know we, we we respect the right of people to uh, present themselves in society as they see fit we 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 would have no objections to, you know, men want to wear a dress, men can wear a dress. Uh, perhaps the uh, what we would say is you don't have to identify as trans to do that. If you want to do that, you just do it. Whereas uh, that is progressive. Whereas it's on the reactionary. You know, we're not, you know, we're not, you know, we're not... Uh, being reactionary or or uh, conservative in that way, with so much being progressive.
0: But you're you're conserving sure. the identity of women as women. Then you're still participating in a conservation of, of well, an identity. Group.
1: Again, you come, you come back to you come back to identity. in an in an, in an ideal society, women wouldn't need to protect their own their own you know protect specific spaces, uh, you know, and and because because it's because women are subjected to sexism and uh that needs to be recognized and just to just to uh respect that there are two sex classes and one uh one uh one will one oppresses the other and does oppress the other uh as you know as has been said if we ignore sex then we ignore sexism uh the sexism doesn't then go away it's uh it's ingrained into us, you know, as people. Is this? I know, uh, and I, you know, I say it's a, you know, it's if we can build a better society. Uh, society is us. It's, it's me. It's you. It's everybody else. You know, we need to look at ourselves as well as outside when we, uh, when we talk about uh, abolishing, uh, you know, sexism and sexist stereotypes and uh, and regressive uh, restrictions like that. Hmm.
0: Well, the sexism doesn't go away uh, is one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is the sexuality doesn't go away, which is something that you said earlier about the difference between men and women coming down to one's sexuality or, or and, and I wonder if you were not talking about orientation, but the the, the mode of desire and the, the way that one looks at the world, the way that one participates in that transaction of, of wanting and being wanted um, is different. And, and that I I have no problem with the biological and the social reality of of male sexuality tending to be different than female sexuality, and therefore there are there there are protections of the female class from the male class because males are oriented towards desire and and achieving desire through uh, very novel and uh, sometimes forceful and sometimes creative if they're smart about it means, but that's always kind of a driving force, which you know is just the natural natural process in your transition did you have you gained insight in the way that society treats the female treats the male and have you gained insight into the reality of gender or, or like the, the the niceties the complexities of how your society um expresses that aspect of life
1: yeah can i come back to i just, I just want to pick you up about the sexuality uh first and then i'll, I'll come on to that the sexuality is interesting because you, you're right male sexuality is very different to female sexuality Uh, and my sexuality is male sexuality. And when I, you know, critically analyse myself, it has more in common with other males than it does with with females. Uh, And when I look around other trans women, and I see that how they actually interact sexually with society, it has more, you know, there's more in common with other males than there are with females. But it's it, it's controversial to uh, to say that, and uh, I'm not in a position to give uh, specific examples, and I, I wouldn't do that. But I, yeah. I see it in people, and I see it in myself actually. Uh, on about how society treats you, yes, it is different. Uh, there is there is male privilege, which uh, I'm aware of as a male. Uh, People, before i open my mouth people view me as differently as they do females and i see it in that uh, if i'm in meetings or in groups of people that haven't clocked me i get uh, i get treated as a female in the group and as soon as they clock me i then get treated as a male which is interesting <laughs> so uh, it, it's the uh, it's the not speaking over the top of people you know there's a you know, men men will come in and speak over the top of people. But when in a in a mixed in a mixed sex group, if a woman starts speaking over the top of 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 others, men especially, the men will bristle at this, and they'll they're bristling in a different way to they bristle at another man. Uh, doing that now that's interesting hmm. so uh and you, you get the signals so if i'm in a if i'm in a mixed sex group like this and a man speaking and i'll say well actually i think this you can sense you can sense that and the way that other men will then back up that man and then they, there's this male thing and i know i've done it myself so i, I know exactly huh. what's going on uh so that goes on to to then make sure That uh, another man will step in, and another man will step in, and then go back, and you make you make sure the woman is uh, uh, can speak when uh, when when it's her turn. But as soon as I get clocked as trans in that group in those groups, then I'll get treated as an honorary man by the other males, and then I can I can interject like that. So it's the male privilege you have in the group, which. As soon as you get read as trans, and people think, ah, it's Debbie Young. That's why Debbie was. Uh, uh, that's why Debbie was uh, interjecting that point and so forth. Because, uh, yeah, Debbie's one of us, and that's what's going. That's what's going. That's what's going through the mind. Uh, so that that's 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 that is interesting. And well, how do how
0: do women treat men and women differently then? In your experience, when you're clocked and not clocked, is there uh, a difference?
1: Women will. Women will. Women will yeah, you know, women will give way to men in the way that they don't necessarily give way to other women and that's hmm. yeah and and they notice it as well and the trouble is i was i was in a group and i, I was mortified but so i was in a i was in a otherwise all-female group there was me and a group of women and uh i then did that so the conversation was going on and basically i said right okay i've got something to say now so, I did that, and it was the way that the they looked at each other and said, yeah, see i told you I told you that uh, that Debbie would do this and i and and it was just those signals that went backwards and forwards, and i thought yeah it, it's it, yeah people we do interact differently with each with each other, whether that's right or wrong it's not really for me to say it. uh but it, it just is, and uh if we don't uh, if if we don't uh if we're not aware of that." then uh we don't really understand what's going on around us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Have has you, has uh transitioned uh kind of propelled you towards becoming more sensitive to social signals then, in a way?
1: Yeah, cuz you do I do I do notice them more than Beyond I Beyond just, just
0: self-consciousness. Yeah,
1: well, I'm I'm more aware I guess of uh yeah, all, all signals and how people signal because I just not really thought about it in the past, and you, you just don't, you just, uh, you, you just use, you know, you go into the situations you find it. the The difference between male interaction with society and female interaction with society, I do find interesting. So uh, I do, uh, I do, I do notice it. Mm. The other type, the and, and the, so so that that's the context there where you treated differently. Uh, the other context is. You know it's the uh you know i will you know i understand why uh you know women don't feel safe walking home in the dark at night now because i uh i you know if, if i if i need to do that again i still got the uh the male privilege if it's if it's late at night i've got a, i've got a thick coat on i can tie my hair back and put my shoulders out i can uh lower my voice and uh easy to pass as male i did it for 40 years so i can can pass as male so again in those sort of interactions there you know you've got some privilege that women don't have if you women can't do that Mm -hmm.
0: do you see yourself as uh being a leader in a community do you feel that you're a part of the, the trans community do you feel that you're just your own voice just speaking your own quote unquote your own truth
1: uh, I'm definitely part of the trans community. I am trans, and uh, I still am involved in okay. some trans groups. Some of uh, some have decided they don't require my company anymore, but I'm, I am involved. I'm very much involved in some in some trans groups, and with uh, and with trans people. Not just the trans people who, who think like me. There are uh, there's one group I'm involved in where everybody thinks differently to me, but you know they, they see me as some uh, curious. Uh, Curious anomaly, I think. Uh, but yeah. when it comes, when it when it comes to, when it comes to lead leading, I'm. I don't know. There's different. Uh, there's there's different uh, roles in society. There's you know. There's the, the there's there's the leader, the person who takes charge of the situation. There's people who advise. There's the visionary. I guess some more. You know, I'd see myself more as as the visionary than the leader. To say, look, we've got a problem here, and to identify the problem and say, look, we've got to change the way that we're interacting with society because this isn't gonna, this is not working. We're getting everybody's backs up. We're uh, we're putting women in a difficult position. We're we're having such we're having an appalling effect on children. Blah, yeah, etc., etc., etc. But I'm not, you know. Personally, in terms of yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's team dynamics, isn't it? I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm. I'm very much in in team dynamics situations. I'm very much the person who will sit and will analyse issues and come up with, uh, with with saying this is why this is wrong. It's the uh, I guess it's the it's the black hat person who will say you can't do this because this 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 and this will never work. Right. Uh, so, but that, that's a yeah. negative way of putting it. But it, it's also looking at what's going and saying look this isn't this isn't working. It's uh, I guess it's like uh, you know. Some, sometimes look at some of the Old Testament prophets who went to the kings of uh, Israel and said, you know, if you carry on doing this then it you, you will achieve you know, they'll there'll be disaster, they will be carted off to Babylon, blah de blah, blah 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 and nobody took the blindest bit of notice of them and the well, apart from chucking them down wells and running them out of town and then everybody did get uh, <laughs> carted off to Babylon. Uh you know, and and that it's it's because those people spoke basically spoke the truth as they saw it, and uh, I, I weren't frightened to say that. Now, it's it's, it's that sort of visionary role which uh, I probably see myself, rather than being the somebody who's going to, who's going to uh, who's going to lead. But the trouble is, the problem mm-hmm. is with the trans community is where is the leadership? You know, there's a, there's a number of individual campaigners, but leadership is. Uh, you know, where, where is it, you know, in the, there's, there's one or two non-governmental organizations in the UK, which have tried to take this on, but it's not, you know, the, 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 mm. the, the, they don't, they don't, certainly don't provide any leadership as such. They may, uh, they may make statements, but they're not, you know, we, we we're struggling without, without leadership. Do you but,
0: foresee uh, in the near future, uh, coalition of trans people that are kind of on the same page i mean you and Yardley and a few others <laughs> i've spoken with
1: yeah it's me and uh yeah miranda and uh but you guys keep on getting
0: uh in trouble there's, there's
1: a, there, there is there is a there's totally there's, there's, there's probably like a dozen of us who are willing to uh stand up and be counting if i if i want if i want to write letters to the newspaper i can probably count on probably 25 30 people and a dozen of them will be happy to put their name on it, but we don't. You know, again, we don't. Agree, we don't necessarily agree with each other. Uh, I don't agree with Miranda on. I agree with Miranda on some things, and not other things. And the problem with with this is it's trying to it's trying to uh, have enough of a common purpose and common beliefs to make it worthwhile, without uh, without making it too broad. Because yeah, I just you know I have a number of points of disagreement with Miranda. And, Mm-hmm. And uh, to try and campaign alongside Miranda, which I do, but uh, we've got to be—you know—we do, we do, uh, we do have different ideas. So it's making sure that we'll campaign on the things that we, uh, where we have common goals and uh, common beliefs. And the problem is mm-hmm. that you then get a dozen mm-hmm. people, and it becomes like it's trying to herd cats is the issue, and the, and then trying to put you know. <laughs> Even trying to write a letter to the press, uh, 150 words, uh, by committee, it just doesn't work. You put it around, you you, you form a group chat and you say, and and then you'll get get 20 different versions of it. So all you can really do is say, look, I've written this, I've written it, right? This this is what it is. If you're willing to put your name to it, then put your name to it, but I'm not changing it. And uh, that's about the only way to get these things to work. And depending on what I write is, you get a different subset of the group.
0: Yeah, but that's, yeah. Not, not, I, th- that's the one problem with the the people who are inoculated to groupthink is that they can't get along enough to to fight the mob. They can't form a mob of their own. There's there's no such thing as like the lemming run of the the centrists or whatever. You know, there's there's that that, that just doesn't exist. We all cattywampus all over the place. Yeah, uh, do we
1: need do we need new leadership? We certainly do. Uh, one of the uh, one of the frustrations which I know there's one or two journalists contact me say, to say that we they need credible voices to quote you know trans voices to quote and I am you know an individual campaign or a campaign under my own name uh, should I put a group mm-hmm. together you know to uh, to have some sort of you know there's two ways of doing it you either form a genuine group of uh, multiple voices and have a campaign in organization or you uh you have a campaigning organization of one which uh you know and people do that uh so what what do you do that doesn't that doesn't seem right to me uh but the frustration is is that as an individual voice, all I do is speak for myself, whereas the media are often wanting people who are speaking for a group, even if everybody knows that group that they're speaking for is is that person their uh, two friends and the dog you know which is uh which is yeah. what some groups may be. It's just that uh, it's it's that uh, what's being seen to be representing a group, and as part of me, uh, just doesn't feel that's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you see twenty twenty being different than the past three years? Do you think that things will be uh, changing in the discourse uh, around? I guess. Uh, Women, uh, trans women in sports, uh, transition of children, and uh, a couple of other issues around uh, the trans identity. Or do you think it's just going to keep on going the way that it's been?
1: Well, the sports thing is going, the sports thing is going to uh, reach, uh, re- reach ahead. You know, people are going to have to make a decision there. The, uh, the, IOC, the IOC has been, well, I would consider to be very badly advised on their policies and uh, they are going to be taken by a ride, through a ride. Uh, Sharon Davis is the, the UK swimmer. You know, her argument is that in the 1980s, she was competing against, uh, you know, German swimmers who were pumped full of testosterone because, uh, you know, uh, a, a regressive uh, state had actually misused the, uh, the rules for their own benefit. For their, you know, for, for their own aims. now if we if we think that things haven't changed in uh, in 30 years then we' if we think they, they've changed we're, we're fooling ourselves you know there's regressive regimes now as there was then I won't name any of them but uh, I can I can imagine that there are states around the world who see this as a way of uh, you know, if you know if you know, if the German Democratic Republic did this in 1985, you know, our European state did it. Then, you know, I envisage other states taking advantage of this, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if uh, if a state puts out a team of uh, you know f- team of trans women, then women are going to find it really difficult to compete against that. So that's mm-hmm. going to come. That's going to come to a head in uh, in sports, and uh, this is where it does impact uh, the wider public because. You know, the you know, the 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 uh, the startled bystander who, uh, you know, who doesn't really doesn't really care about women's refuges, prisons, you know, rape crisis centers. You know, the average man watching sat down in front of the television doesn't uh, doesn't 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 really, you know, it, it's something that doesn't involve him. But if he suddenly finds that the the women's sports that he enjoys watching, if there's more uh, if there's more trans women who look like men uh, competing there than women, then th- this is affecting him. You know, so there is a there is an impact on the wider public and especially men in sport, which uh, isn't elsewhere. Uh, <clears throat> so sport 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 has to come to a head because there's going to be a, a series of. Bad cases, one after another, after another, after another. The children issue is—it's uh, you know numbers are numbers are swelling up. We need to re- we need to remember that this only goes back, uh, you know. It's it, you know children transitioning, children transitioning medically is really new, you know, in in the numbers that's happening, and uh, mm. what's going to happen in ten years' time, well, five years' time, ten years' time, because some of this will be a mistake. And uh, you know there will be there, there will be some children who transition as children, I suspect, and then uh, and then are happy in who they are and, and feel fulfilled in life. But there is others who are not going to be, and uh, those issues again are going to come forwards. And the other the other issue is is the impact on uh, you know on uh, on women's on on women and women's rights. Mostly, you know. Mostly, people got along just fine, but there is always going to be a, a, a series of really bad, egregious examples of male entitlement over women's spaces. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, the, there was the case of the uh, character in uh, in BC who, uh, you know, about the the waxing and and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. really, really, really bad, a really bad case. Now the reaction of some trans people is to say, "Look, that person was not really trans. That person was an abuser," and uh, which I think is not it's not helpful. You know, as, as, I went, as I said right at the beginning, to be uh, to identify as trans is call yourself trans. We are all trans, and uh, you know, and uh, that person's as trans as I am. Uh, now that's one case. There will be others. And uh, every time that happens, it means that people have to re-evaluate re- and say, "Is this really a good idea?" And there are only so many there are only so many bad cases before people realise that, look, you know, we we're we're, uh, we're facilitating the, the, these these situations, and lawmakers then then will come in. The worry is that. Uh, what you would re what I really want is, uh, you know, I see myself as a liberal and a progressive and uh, someone on the left of politics. I want liberals and progressives and socialists to come in and say, look, we've got to change this. Uh, we've got to uh, protect women's spaces. We've got to protect children. We've got to protect the true, you know, you know, material reality. Uh, because if if we don't, then the conservative right will come in and say, look. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. We can provide you with certainty. We can provide you with, uh, you know, this will not happen under us. You know, vote for right wing populist uh, leaders, strong leadership to uh, put an end to this liberal nonsense where these examples will not happen under us. And if we leave it, you know, if as left uh, as progressives and liberals, if we leave it to the uh, conservatives, then the conservatives will will take that role and uh and they will achieve a pop you know and 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 they will uh they will find a following for it and for somebody on the left of politics mm-hmm. i think that's a disaster
0: mm-hmm. yeah they, they'll have the uh moral mandate to reform the whole system according to what they uh, their values, yeah, and, uh, and, I uh, and it probably the <laughs> left will be shut out of the discussion.
1: Yeah, and it won't necessarily be to uh, the advantage of women as well, because you know there's a brand of right-wing uh, populist uh, conservatism that has as little time for LGBT rights as they do for women's rights as trans rights. It's all a, a problem to be uh, you know to be uh, put to mm-hmm. one side.
0: So what's the next uh, step for you other than uh, dealing with the stuff we're not talking about in this interview? (laughs)
1: Uh, It's... I guess one thing which I've... uh, Three years ago, I was campaigning on a lot of fronts. I was campaigning for workers' rights. I was campaigning on... uh, Environmental issues. I was, in, I was campaigning against the inequality of wealth in society, and uh, and doing doing a uh, you know and and doing my bit there. Now, three years on, my campaigning is has gone from very broad to very very narrow, but becoming much higher profile. Can I go back and do the things which I was doing, which I'd like to be doing? But the uh, the issue is, I have I you know, am I becoming uh, am I becoming typecast almost as the uh, as the awkward trans person who has got really odd ideas and uh, you know, can I can I go back to doing doing what I want to do because there are far bigger issues than this you know where uh, hmm. you know the inequality of wealth between rich and poor is greater than it's ever been where uh, you know. Destroying, well, you know, we're we're having such a negative effect on our planet. Uh, there's uh, the uh, the way in which uh, people are oppressed in society is is dreadful. It's not just not talking about trans people I'm talking about, uh, you know, the yeah. uh, the class that owns that owns the uh, you know owns society as a you know oppressing the class that works. It's uh, there's huge there's huge things for me to think about here. And uh, but there again i uh on this very narrow narrow area i can have a big impact here that i can't have anywhere else so he's trying he's trying to balance that i guess can i use what i've done here to have a bigger influence elsewhere i don't, I don't know should i have a bigger influence elsewhere i don't know uh so there's that, that that i've got to think about there's uh making sure that i still have a job in a year's time because uh uh people don't uh people don't like what i say and uh you know I I need to I need to pay the bills Uh, the uh, and people people you know people do contact my employer and people do uh, you know say various say uh, you know various nasty things about me you know I've you know my employer knows what I do I I I've campaigned under my own name from the beginning I did say before that there was uh, that had its disadvantages in that you're very vulnerable and very open but it does mean that mm-hmm. I, I I don't fear any any point about I'll be doxxed to my employer. Some people doing because my employer's known what I've been doing since the beginning, and has supported my right to engage in what's effectively political campaigning. Which I think we should we should support everybody's right to be involved in political campaigning. But the nature of my campaigning upsets people, and rather than uh, meeting me on a on a political discourse to say, well, you think this, Debbie. I think this. Let's debate these issues and try and persuade each other. The uh, the way in which they work is they frame what I say as hate speech and uh, and I'm a hateful person, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then present what I say out of context. Uh, sometimes very, they're very selective, and then present that to my employer. Uh, it's not news to my employer what I do, but. This is my employer has a business to run, and and dealing mm. with dealing with all this uh, this nonsense and this uh, constant barrage of, uh, you know, of mm. of com- of yeah. complaints coming in. It's it's hard, and uh, so I, I worry about that. Uh, I also, uh, you know, my my role in the trade union movement. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, I have an elected role there, and uh, you know, I'm confident in my position. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm not elected by LGBT people or by uh, trans people. You know, I'm elected by uh, you know my my colleagues, and most of my colleagues don't uh, don't really don't you know don't don't have a view on 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 trans issues at all, like everybody else. So that gives that gives me uh, that that gives me. Uh, that gives me uh, confidence there. But there are people who uh, really dislike what I say and dislike the platforms. I've got to say it. So you know we'll uh, you know we'll we'll take uh, what I'll consider to be negative and un you know and despicable uh, strategies, you know, ad hominem attacks and uh, building straw men cases against me, and that, that's what they do. So, we'll see are you
0: happens. immune to the stress of that of that kind of focused attack, or how do you deal with the stress of that?
1: It's hard. Uh, I've got some good friends, and uh, I've got good friends in real life. I've got good friends in the trans community. Uh, and in the trade union movement and we talk to each other and we uh, you know we support each other because when all you hear is bad things about yourself you you start believing anything well, am I a hateful person you know do I really need to be saying this do I need to be doing this should I uh, should I recant my views and, uh, and say that you know say that uh, people can change their sex by uh, imagining that they're you know, Whatever, you know. I, uh, you know, should I do that? Now, the important thing is that we are we are social beings, and it's making sure you have people around you who uh, share your ideals and are are, are supportive, because you can't you can't do this by yourself. And I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't be working as I'm doing in the trans community without without a significant number of trans people who are uh, supportive of me. Some openly, but, you know, the the, the private messages that I get from trans people, uh, you know, which come in and they say, you know, the, the, the general, the uh, the line is, we really support what you're doing, but we couldn't possibly open our own mouths because... And I think, well, fine, you know, I can understand that everybody's different. But there's enough of that to make think, well... There's a role to be taken here in the trans community, and also in in wider politics people are, you know people do agree with me and uh, and it's important to work in those groups because if you st- the moment you start uh, working as a lone voice you will get picked off and you just can't cope mm. when, when when a mob which effectively is a mob, when a mob goes at you from all angles, you can't cope as an individual. And it's there, you, it's then you retreat to your friendship group and you say, that you know, and that's where you find your support.
0: Hmm. Well, that's cool that you have support, um, even though you're a free thinker. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you think well. If I'm not going to say this, who will? And uh, I may be wrong. You know, the, mm. I, I always say to people, I might be absolutely wrong in what I'm saying. But all I am doing is presenting ideas. And if ideas can can be so dangerous as to provoke this response, then uh, maybe those ideas are right. Because if the if the ideas were wrong, they could just be dismissed as uh, you know as mm. as ridiculous or uh, you know as uh you know, as it just can be discounted. But the fact the
0: yeah.
1: the the fact it provokes such a strong response suggests to me my ideas are probably right, but I am here to be open to be persuaded. You know, so if somebody persuades me that I'm wrong, I'll change my mind. You know, I'm not I'm not dogmatic about this. But uh I couldn't persuade myself. I tried to persuade myself that it was wrong, I couldn't do it. So we'll just have to wait and see if somebody else can do it. <laughs>
0: Well thanks so much Debbie for joining You're me. Welcome. I'll let you know when this is up and out and it'll be great to have your voice on my channel and also I think a lot of people are looking forward to you know just hearing you speak at length. Yeah. You you, you get a lot of soundbite opportunities. Um do you, do you do uh longer form stuff like this? Uh
1: this is the first one I've done of this length. I uh oh. uh I've done there is it's the the one which I, I'm most familiar with, it's the it's the T V news it's the it's the live interview on the T V news when you know you're gonna get forty five seconds to make a statement. you're gonna get an opening question and then you're gonna get forty five minutes to make a statement, and then you're gonna get a follow up. And uh and that that that's very different to this. Uh, because uh, you've got to, you, you know, and and then and and it's and it's in it's deciding on the follow. Do you engage with what's been said, or do you, uh, do you, do you, you know, because, you know, what what's going on? Here? But that's that's fast. Is that whereas this is this is very different. Can we just speak yeah. a little bit off the record?
0: Yeah. Congratulations for reaching the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this product, consider donating to this channel via me slash Benjamin Boyce or joining me on Patreon. Also follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Have a good night.